0: Good morning, everybody. Today, with such shame, we'll be learning Dap Vav in Masaches, Bavakamah. We left off in the middle of this uh, tiny little page on Hayam um, Beis, and we were talking about the idea of El Rahmana. For what purpose Rachmana is the Torah, the merciful one, namely Hashem in the Torah? Why did he mention what? why did he mention shore and Bor and ash? When you look at the P'sukim in the Chumash, you'll see that different types of Nezek are in fact written. And the question is, shouldn't we just say, if a person damages somebody, then he should just pay them back? Why do you have to have different types of, um, different types of damages mentioned in the Torah? So said the Gemara and that's where we left off, that the reason why, we have them written is because each one actually has unique halachas to them, as follows. And the Gemara goes through that. Karen l'chaleik, right? So we're exactly seven lines up from the bottom of Ham and Bays. Keren, the reason why it was written Karen, right? The Pasuk uh, mentions that if an ox gores somebody, why does it give you that case? In order to teach you l'chaleik ben lemu Edas, To know that there is a unique halacha in Karen, as we will see, and we're going to discuss all these halachas in great length, but there's something that there is a different amount of payment, whether the ox that gored was a habitual gore, right, a belligerent ox, or whether he was one that was a first-time offender, that a placid ox that you never, never could have known would have done it, right? They always talk about the pit bulls being the beautiful, it's the most beautiful, placid, wonderful dog, except for the one time it's not, right? And somebody ate the baby. So he goes, Karen the being Tom the so to, to separate between Tom and Muad. Shane Why we have to have both Shane and Regan we will discuss. But Shane is uh, we we said earlier, is the type of thing where the animal is eating, let's say, get or getting any sort of hana, and Regel is when they're just walking to, during their regular course of life. And both of those things are expected to be done in a Yerush and therefore, if in the course of them walking or chewing through stuff in Yerush Sarabim, they end up damaging somebody else's stuff, that's on the person who left their stuff there. That's Lepotron and HaSarabim. They're, they're only going to be Chayev for that type of damage, right? Of course, we're still in the world of Nizke Maman over here. <coughs> that your animal will, you'll, will only make you Chayev for damage, if it trespassed into someone else's property, and that's unique to Shem Regel, and it's for that reason that those are mentioned only in those psukim that damage that would occur in the field of another, as the Torah says, right? So that's unique to those damages. And then bore liftar a Kalim. Bohr We haven't really explored it uh, too much yet. We bezar Shem will, but Bohr has a very unique halacha that oh, that kalim. Are go- not going to be chayev, right? If if they fall into someone else's bore, why is that? So we're, we're going to actually see, right? Um, we're going to see that in the Gemara in Daf uh, Nun Gimel. The, uh, so we have a little bit of while, but that's going to get deep into the bore. See what I did there, Phil? That's going to get deep into that halacha of bore, right? Because. Right, so for example, but the ox you'd have to pay for. So for example, a shore falls into a pit, right, and the shore has all kinds of tchotchkes that it's carrying. You put uh, you put a saddle on it and whatever. You're going to only be chayev for the shore. You're not gonna be chayev for all the accessories or accessories that are on the shore, and we'll discuss why, but be that as it may, the boar is is mentioned for that reason. Now it happens to be that that is a machlokis over there in Nun Gimel. And Rabbi Yehuda holds that you are, in fact, chayev for the shore's accessories, and therefore the Gemara continues and says, well, Rabbi Yehuda, the this case, Rabbi who's going to say that you are chayiv in Boar, so then what's unique about Boar? Lifto that Boasa Adam. That an owner is, is uh, pater for a person who's killed in a Boar. That you'll see in that same Gemara, right? Even we have a Rashi over here, Kidded Shor Velo Adam. Okay. So Rashi's explaining that we have that same halacha. When it says, sure, some say it's to exclude Kalim, and then over there, everyone would agree that it's to exclude Adam, so you're going to, right, have a person killed in a bar. You, it's not uh, something that you're going to pay for, and we'll, we'll get into that at the time, but be that as it may, that's the reason why that halacha is satisfied separately. And Adam dvarim. The reason, Adam is mentioned in the Torah as one of the sources of damage is because then you have to learn already the four things, right? The ripoi, the boshes, the tsar, all of the things that we mentioned before are unique to Adam. And so again, each one has its own unique thing. What about Eish, right? Because we have the Arba Avos Nozikin. Uh So we have, uh, we said what, uh, we weren't sure what Mava was, but we have the Shor as we discussed. We have the Bor as we just discussed. And then the Hever is the last one of the Arba Avos Noziken mentioned, the that's the Eish. We haven't gotten too far into the fire, but now we're, going to, we're getting like a little intro to all of it as the Gemara continues. lift over That when one causes damage by igniting a fire and then the fire spreads to the neighbor and damage is caused by the neighbor, it's going to actually only be high for those exposed things that the fire destroys, but not by hidden items that are destroyed by it. We're going to get into that as well. Rashi, the last Rashi and Heyman Beys will say right that if there were uh, begodim right or anything really that are hidden inside, let's say a, a haystack right, then you are going then the person who lit the fire is going to be Pater, because that's a straight up pasuk in Shmos right where it says Oh hakama and we're going to see in Perak This is actually very well known uh, concept because many children when they start Gemara. Hakonis will be one of the very first things that they learn. So we're gonna, So this should be, and they have all the illustrative picture books, right? Uh, the Gemara illustrations, where it shows you uh, what this looks like. But be that as it may, we will get to it. Bezrat Hashem, right? The unique qualities of damage done by fire. Now, it happens to be, that too is a machlokas, uh with Rabbi Yehuda. And there the Gemara says, So the Gemara asks, According to Yehuda over there, who says that you are indeed chayev for those hidden things inside the haystack, what is the unique quality of the damage by ashes? As we finally arrive at Vavim says the Gemara, le'asoye niro avonov. Right, that is when the fire, to teach you the following, the fire is a very unique type of damage, right? What's unique about damage, uh, about fire? That the fire damage, something could get fire damaged and still be completely intact, right? You can have... Let's say a house that, like, actually stayed up and didn't get really destroyed; it didn't fall down, but the walls and everything is blackened and fire-damaged. And so, the question is: Is that indeed damage? So, for most things, maybe that wouldn't be considered damage, but for fire, it is. That's what this means. As Rashi says, see the first Rashi in Vavim that if the fire, let's say, six vanov, right? would be like it blackened, the scorched the stones, right? So, so, They're not totally burned. Right? It kind of scorched and stuck to it, right? In a way that it's now what we call fire damage. And those things are still going to be considered damage. And that's unique to fire. That's what it means. So technically means that it licks the plowed field or it scorched the stones. That's what we call Fire damage. And so fire damage is called damage. That's unique to fire. And that is why it's also mentioned in the Torah. So now we know why all of them are mentioned. So now we finally get to the two dots on top of Vavim and, and the Mishnah had said, we're continuing according to Mishnah, Hatzad And all of these four are very unique forms, all mentioned in the Torah, very unique forms of damage. What is common to all of them? Says Rashi, Shadarchan lahazik. Says Rashi, afkol Right, so it's it means Right, Rashi asks the question of the Gemara. The question of the Gemara, which we'll be discussing for most of Davav, is the following question: The mission said that all four of the, that all four of these Ovas nozikin have common characteristics that you have to be careful and that you have to watch out that they don't happen, that you're going to be high if something happens. It says Rashi, "Umay matzis Suye means whenever you say out shavashah behem, and whenever a Mishnah spells out what the common theme is of the four unique categories, the Mishnah does so as a way of telling you that if you were to find another thing with such a common theme that's not on this list, it too... Would have the chiv of paying uh, of paying the uh, meitav sadeu and to have the chiv. In other words, the Mishnah is coming to include something, right? And so, what we're going to try to do now is figure out what is the damage that's not mentioned in the Torah that the Mishnah is going to try to include. So you see this mental exercise, Barry? We're taking the right. We're taking our concepts, and we're going to find something to apply it to. Right? We're distilling out. What is the common denominator between all four unique damage types? And we're going to, when we find the common denominator, we're going to find another damage type that's like those four. And we're going to say same halakhahs that apply to those four that are explicit in the Mishnah will apply to that one. So that's what we're going to be doing for the next few minutes. You ready, Barry? Okay, here we go. Andrew, we miss you. You, you. I know you wish you were, you were here. Andrew's in San Diego. Here we go. That's so yeah, so what's the common characteristics? Include like this. Oh, and by the way, hi Binyamin. Binyamin, I know you're gonna be here in person one day, maybe even right now. Did that just happen? <laughs> we'll see. Somebody just walked in. Lasui Mai, Amarabaye. What are we including? Lasuje Avno Sakino Omasao Shunikan berosh Gago. Sabaya has a suggestion. It's, wow, it's What's the suggestion? You took a stone, a knife, or your backpack and you put it on top of a roof. Yeah, thank you. What happened? You put it on top of a roof. You shouldn't do that because that's a dangerous thing to do. A roach matsuya, which is a wind that's not an unusual wind, right? If a hurricane came, so then all bets are off, right? You put something somewhere and a hurricane comes, so then that you could not have anticipated and that's not on you, right? You're not going to be high for that, right? However, if a regular wind that's typical up there in that roof comes and knocks off the stone, the, the knife, or your backpack, and it causes damage, you're going to be considered one of these, right, you're going to be considered chayev, even though you did not, uh, it's not one of the four mentioned in our Mishnah. Says the Gemara, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's break this down and see what the case is. Hey, what's the case? If, let's say, we'll talk about the backpack, okay? It could be a stone, a knife, or a backpack, or really anything. So let's say the backpack. If, as the backpack was falling down, Right, it it caused damage. Let's say it knocked off right one of the flower pots in the apartment building, and now you have to pay for the, for the flower pot. So if it's while it's in motion, it's it's causing damage. High new eish, that would be conceptually the same kind of right damage as eish. Why so? Because we say, Maishna Esh. And how is it different than Esh? After all, it's like a fire. Because achem, or chosh, mir, os, Let's break down fire damage into its component, right? And again, you're taking young children, and you're teaching them Baba Kama, in whatever grade you're teaching them, and you're explaining to them that a fire isn't a fire, right? They think of fire as fire. You're saying, no, fire is not fire. You're a Jew, okay? You're a, you're, you're a you're a lamdan. You have to think of fire as a, ki- in, in, in the abstract, a fire is a type of damage that you initiate that needs something else to move it along, like oxygen and, right, a flammable thing in order to move it, and a wind, in order to move it along uh, and cause the damage, right? So set, and it's something that you should be guarding. So that's what the Gemara says that it is, in order for it to actually damage, it needs to have a wind to move it along, right? It's another force that's mixed with it, namely the wind, right? And it's your property, because after all, you're the one who started the fire, and you're, you're supposed to watch over it. So those are the components of a fire. The fire is something that you start, you're supposed to watch over, and has to mix with the wind in order to cause damage. That's what we call fire. That's the abstract fire of Neziken. So if you break it down like that, so then this backpack falling off the roof is the same thing. After all, haninami I would call it gravity, right? But you could also say the wind because the wind's the thing that knocked it off, okay? So you would need to have the wind as well. So here too, a wind knocks off the backpack just like it needed to knock off the, right? The, um, the just needed to move over the fire, And it is indeed your backpack. You should have watched it. You shouldn't have put it on the roof. And therefore, really, a backpack may not look like a fire, but conceptually, in the abstract, it's exactly a fire. And therefore, it is redundant to say that that it's what the Mishnah was adding when it says when it's being inclusive, because it's already when we talked about fire, it's obvious we were also talking about the backpack on top of a roof. Oh, okay. So then it can't be that the case we're talking about is when the roo- when the backpack is in fact falling off the roof. Rather, oh. it's after the backpack already landed. Wait, after it landed, it caused the damage. How's that the case? Well, says the Gemara, that's also going to be problematic. It can happen, right? Let's say, let's say it falls from the roof, enters Shusarabim, and then, as Rashi explains, and then an animal comes and trips over it. So maybe that's what it's talking about. Again. You didn't place the backpack in the Rishasarabim. You put the backpack uh, on top of the roof. And then, and then it fell off. So, so it's not exactly right. It's not exactly like putting it in straight into the Rishasarabim. But once it fell and rested in the Rishasarabim, an animal came and got damaged. And that could be the case. Okay. So he said, wait a minute. Let's break this down even further. Did you make the backpack Pefkar? Did you declare it ownerless? Well, if that's true, then bein the Rav, bein the Shmuel, hainu bor. What's going on with Rav and Shmuel? So Rashi points out that later on, daf, chav there's going to be machlokas about Rav and Shmuel about whether a bor needs to be, right, hefker. But I mean, they both would agree. Let's look at the Rashi hainu bor. The Tevayu Amri, both Rav and Shmuel would agree that kol takolash That any Takala, right? We ask in Tfilazaderech uh, called Takala uh, that any, any bad thing that will happen to us along the way, Rahman al-Atslan, Shahifkir, Nafkalan mi that it's going to be like a boar, the chayef. What do you mean? Because after all, the 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 boar, I'm continuing in Rashi, In other words, like this: A person, we didn't get into boar yet, but a person digs a pit in the Rashihu, harabim, right? It's a definitional thing. If a person dug, digs a pit in his own backyard, he's never going to be hired for anything, am I right? right that's your own private property. You can do whatever you want, Barry. Okay? So, by definition, boar means you took some takala, of boar, and you did it in a Okay. Well, if you did it in a by definition, it's care. Because you, don't, you can't just dig a pit in the middle of a public square and claim it as your own. In other words, Yes, you're the one that's causing the damage. Yes, you're the one that dug the pit. Yes, you're the one that is gonna be attributed to being the one that's responsible for whatever damage causes in that pit. And so in that sense, you're considered the pits, so to speak, owner in quotes, right? But you're not really the owner because you don't own that private property. So what do you learn from that? That something that does not belong to you namely a boar, but still is causing damage, is what the abstract components of boar really means. It's something that you did in the Rishisarabim that doesn't belong to you, but it gets attributed to you because of the fact that you're the one that caused it to be there, okay? Uh, so here is a perfect example. The the backpack falls out of off the roof from my mother's apartment at 87th and 2nd in the Upper East Side, and then falls down on to the second avenue, which you one would assume is a Rushusarabim, and then somebody stumbles over it. Well it's hef- if it's Hefker, and it's an Rusharabim, but it's attributed to her because she's or to whoever put the backpack there. So then that's exactly Boer. So right? So and therefore it's redundant. Smaish na and again the same style of describing it that I did before. How, is a boor, how would it be, be different from a boar? After all, Oh. Because a pit is like this. From the second, means the second you start digging the pit, you know that somebody's going to probably get hurt. Right? So you should not do that. And therefore, the person who digs the pit should be responsible for that. So honey, here too. Why? Because when you put a backpack on top of a giant, uh, tall building that's windy, you should understand that you shouldn't do that. That's a that's an inadvisable thing to you. And therefore it's called Nezek. Somebody's bound to get hurt. And you're therefore responsible for it. So, however, again, the problem is that if you were it, so then it's almost, it's exactly like a bore. So must be, you didn't declare it ownerless. The backpack says, La vie on it. <laughs> and you want it back, okay? It's definitely yours. Okay, well, once it's definitely yours and you literally actually own it, it is dissimilar to a boar, right? Because a boar, you don't actually literally own, because the boar is literally part of the Rosh which by definition you can't own, as the Rashi says. So therefore, if you're not mafkir, then the de the amar, kula mi boar, la Okay, so, so let's say you didn't declare it ownerless, uh, and that's the case. Well, that still would be a problem because Shmuel doesn't care about that, right? Shmuel says that we derive that all, uh, all kinds of things, as long as they're in Rishus or even if they still belong to their owner, are all Boar. And therefore, according to Shmuel, it would be Boar regardless, you see? Rav would say, once it's yours and it has your name on it, then it's not Boar at all because Boar is defined by being ownerless. But Shmuel doesn't say that. Shmuel says Bohr is defined by being in or Rabim, whether it's ownerless or not. And so if, therefore Shmuel has an issue with Bohr being right unnecessary, for with uh, with this case being unnecessary. So says the Gemara, how are we going to resolve it for Shmuel? It says the for No, it has to be that you're a mouth. Okay, so then you say, wait a minute, if you're a both Rab and Shmuel will say that it's ownerless and it's exactly like a boar. Says the Gemara, no. Despite the fact that you're Mafgirit, it's still dissimilar from a boar, and it is and you can say that it is indeed what the mission is including. It's not subsumed under the category of boar. Why so? Because says the Gemara, Yeah. Don't forget, a boar has no other force involved in it, and this does. How so? Well it's obvious. The boar, right? You literally went and you dug it in the Rosh directly. And therefore, even though it's hefgur and it's ownerless and all that, you're, it's attributed to you. The backpack, you didn't put the backpack in the Rosh You needed a koch achem for that to happen. You needed a wind to come and knock it off the roof. Okay. Uh, granted, you shouldn't have put it on the roof. Granted you should have expected that the wind would come and put, and put it and, and knock it off the roof but it's not the same as placing it in Rosh Hashanah. Rabin and makes it unique enough the fact that there's a Koch acher namely the wind Me'ur Bo makes it unique enough that it is indeed that's what the Mishnah is adding whether you hold like Rav or you hold like Shmuel that this backpack that ended up in Rosh Hashanah because it fell off the roof is also going to be a case that's going to have Mamona Ola Veshvira and all of the parameters of the four Nazikin uh, in our in our Mishnah good Okay, so that's good. Um, how, so, so let's see. Is that really true? Now the Gemara wants to know, and this is going to be the style for all the other suggestions. Again, we're still with the suggestion of baye that it's the backpack case, is the case is being included. The real thing the Gemara wants to know now is, wait a minute. If indeed you're going to say that it's Koch, achem and Ur, and it's in Rosh then how do we really even know that you should be Chayev for it? <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be Chayev. In other words, achem or urbo is aish, right? But aish is not in Rosh arabim. Eish is when it destroys somebody else's property, right? That actually belongs to someone somewhere else. And so, so that's Koch or urbo. And and rishis arabim is bor. But bor is when there isn't Koch or urbo. So it's so unique that maybe you shouldn't be high for it. So now the Gemara is going to say, and I'll say it outside first, and then once I say it, it'll be obvious inside, which is to say, you take the two. You take the Ash and you take the Boar, you put them both together, and that's how so you know that the backpack should be User. In other words, the Ash has a Koch Achem or Bo, the Boar is a Rabim and if you put them together, you can learn in a combination of the two concepts that if you have both the Koach Achim and and it's in an as in the case with a backpack, you should also be Chayev. Okay? So you're taking the two categories and bringing them together in order to make that point, to make that inference. So now we look at it inside. It says the Gemara, Eish right? The fire is going to teach us, right? Because the fire actually moves along and is Mazik, right? Bor the okay. hadin, So all of these words sound like just words, but this—that's what what I just said—is what it means. That aish teaches you that darkalelach lehasik is a is is an is a right? Is considered one of the things that you're chayav for. Bor is going to teach you that has capacity that even though it's stationary, not movable, right? It's in fact going to right also still be considered chayav. The hadin means that both esh and Bor together combine, the argument repeats itself means that it combines to teach you that if you have the shared characteristics, as in the case of the backpack, you're going to be Chayev. That's what Chazar Adin means. Right? Rashi says, Right? You may have taken each one and say, wait a minute, it's not exactly like Bor and it's not exactly like esh, and therefore maybe you shouldn't be Chayev. Says Rashi, you keep going in this circular... Right? Chazabahin Adin, and you talk about the tzad ha-shavah, is the common denominator of them, and you learn, uh, combined from Bor and H, that the backpack would be usur. That is the suggestion of Abaye. We're gonna get to Rava, Rav Hava, and I think Ravina. So we're gonna have a few more suggestions, and that's how we're going to, uh, that's how we're gonna continue. Yeah, uh, Ravina. So let's see three more suggestions. Ready? Rava. That's our guy, Phil. Okay, very very astute. What does he say? Hmm. Rava points out there is. So we talked about a stationary bore, right? But bore, we said by definition was stationary. Says Rava, not necessarily so. There is such a thing as a bore that moves. Really? Yes. You can have something. I don't know a rolling grenade. Okay. Or rolling, uh, what do you call those uh, in um, Middle leaf, med- medieval balls with spikes on them? That used to, you know, what I'm talking about. You can have something right that's damaging, that kind of is movable. It rolls and causes a tremendous amount of damage. Okay, a a uh, destructive bowling ball. Okay, that's a bore, that's called the bar misgalgel adam It could cause damage all all over the place. It could. Uh, around the by rolling around the feet of men and feet of animals and causing a tremendous amount of damage, and that would be right. Actually, what's included in our Mishnah? Okay, how is it different than other things? Well, where it was left, I have to point out, it would not cause damage, right? It, so where you put it down, it would not cause damage, but the boar. In this case, let's say the medicine ball or whatever it is, rolled away and caused damage somewhere else. So let's analyze it a little bit. Kidami, what's the case? Edef So you put down the medicine ball uh, and you made it hefgen. You say, I don't want this thing. And you put it down, you didn't realize that there was a little bit of a slant and that this thing's going to roll away and cause damage. So if you're mafkari, it says the Gemara similarly, like it said before, we're going to have a lot of copy paste here. So we're not going to have to explain it every time. So if you're mafkari, bein la rabben ben hai bar. As we already described, that if you're mafkarit, then both Robin and Shmuel, by definition, since it's on a list, they're gonna call it exactly bor, and therefore the Mishnah doesn't have it included. Maishnah bor, because after all, how is it different than bor? Just like a bor, when you put it down, it was going to always cause damage, and it was going to be your responsibility. So, So here too, you're gonna to say, when you put this medicine ball down, it was always destined to cause some trouble, and you're supposed to watch it. El so. We're going to go back to that because we're going to say, I'll give it away now. The case isn't really exactly the same. When you, when you actually dug the bore, I'm saying it outside because I can't help it. When you dug the bore, there and then, you knew the damage was going to take place. That was always inevitable from the moment you dug it. When you put the medicine ball down, then maybe it wasn't going to cause damage. You put it kind of off in there, it's just around him, albeit, but you put it off a little bit to the side. It was only once it moved somewhere else that it caused the damage. So in that case, it's really different than Bor. That's why it's a different category. But the Gemara is going to walk you through that slowly, okay? So first, it's going to assume that it's list it's exactly like Bor. And therefore, we must be talking about a case where you weren't it, right? So it still says lavi on it, this medicine ball. But still, Shmuel has a problem because we said Shmuel doesn't care as long as the Right, is under Reshus then even if the item or the boar has an owner, it's still gonna be in the category of boar, and therefore Shmuel could still would still have a problem because it's not adding anything. It's unsubsumed under the category of boar in our Mishnah, therefore the Gemara has to answer La Olim Def Kirinu Velodami The case is what we just explained ahead of ourselves that yes, your mafkir, the medicine ball belongs to no one. It's a tattered medicine ball with no name on it, the lodami the and still it's not similar to the boar because ma labor, shakein masov garmalo. But immediately when the person dug dug the bore, that action of digging the pit was the action that is attributed to causing the damage. What are you going to say? That that's the same as putting down a medicine ball in the original spot where that would not have necessarily caused damage at all? It was only by the motion of of this uh, ball to somewhere else that it caused the damage? Certainly... It is a different case, and therefore, both according to Rav and to even if it's hefker, it's dissimilar enough to bor to be say that that's what our Mishnah was included. And now the Gemara, like it said before, is going to ask, right? How do we even know, therefore, that this would even be us Says the Gemara, Shor Yochiach. In this sense, before we said Yochiach. In this sense, the medicine ball is more similar to an ox. Why? Because Malach Shor Bor Right? Because the Shor. Uh, moves around and does damage. That's the, what the ball is like, that it moves around like a shore and can damage. So again, the shore itself will be different because it's Tom and it's muad and it's intentional in a certain sense and a ball has is an inanimate object, so it's not shore at all, but it does move like a shore, and therefore, just like we did before, we're going to say chazar adin, and we're taking two combinations here, in this case, not bor and ash, but rather bor and shore, and so just like a shore moves around, this ball moves around, and bor just like a boar is in Rosh this ball is in Rosh but chazar ha-din, right? And the argument keeps on repeating, and in the final analysis, lo ker kerizeh, izek, right? Even though, Right, the characteristics are not the same, right? This is going to still be a shared common characteristic that it moves and causes damage in the Shusarabim. And it is that case which Rava says is the case that is included in our Mishnah. And we again combine Shore and bore to say that it is indeed usher but neither of them on their own would have indicated that it's usher So it's not subsumed on any of the four categories aforementioned in our Mishnah, and therefore it is that new category that our Mishnah includes. So now we have Rabaye, we have Rava. Let's do two more, because this is, it doesn't get better than this, Phil. Okay, here we go. Ravada Bar Hava Amar. Ravada Bar Hava says, La Suya Hadatanya. We have a Brisa, and that Brisa brings a case, and it is that Brisa with our Mishnah is going to include. What's the case? As follows. Kol Oh, yes, yes, yes. The waste pipes. okay. used to be very gross, Kavanowitz. In those days, what did they do with biyuv? That's what they call biyuv in in Israel, sewage. So, you know, plumbing, indoor plumbing, being what it is today, is quite a luxury, Barry. Where would you put all that sewage back in the day? So, if you had the outhouse, like on the outskirts of town, like in Masech Shabbos, it's one thing, okay? (laughs) But sometimes, if you have what was called indoor plumbing in those days, it was indoor, but like it was only indoor for so long, you would have to release it out into the street. In those days, the streets in the wintertime were filled with rain and filled with mud, and yes, filled with sewage. It was simpler times, okay? Different hygienic things. There was plagues that wiped out all these people, but the point is, until that happened, the sanitary conditions were not what we were used to. What we were used to. And so, there would be just, in the wintertime, muddy, dirty, sewagey animals running through the streets. That was par for the course. In the summertime, when it was dry, the Chazal, and we learned this in Masechah Shabbos, in the summertime, Chazal wouldn't let you spill out your sewage into the streets. You might recall there's issues of potentially hotza, maybe not. We, we discussed some of the other issues, but be that, can you do it on Shabbos? Probably not, but let's... Why, why don't they use it for manure, you know, bring into the fields? Right, so, so, so Garano says you could, have, you could have use for such sewage, you could bring it to the fields to fertilize I'm sure they did, I'm sure they did. But, some, but you can't just, like, transport all of it, so be that as it may, in the summertime, when it's dry, you're not allowed to do so because that's called nezek in the summer. It's damage, But in the wintertime, it's not called damage; It's just part of life. So what does this have to do with anything as follows? Watch this. Says the Gemara. Kal pos-kim uh, literally translated as open the waste pipes and shovel out their septic pits. Okay, but we're going to talk about like unleash the sewage. Okay, that's what basically is going on. Into the street. Into the So be most a chama in lehim Roshus. In the summer, as we just discussed, you're not allowed to do that because that's called damage, right? But in the rain, where all bets are off and everything's just muddy and grimy, yes, your Chazal allowed you to do it. Even though you do it, right? And you're allowed to do it. That, yeah, you're allowed to. In other words, Chazal says there's no isser, right? Nobody's going to have an issue with you. But... If, as you open up the sewage pipe, it bursts and like knocks over somebody's ox so strong that it kills it or whatever, right? Maims it, so you're gonna be high for the ox. So that's an unusual kind of thing where really you're allowed to do it, but you gotta be careful how you do it, right? And if you're gonna damage somebody, you're still gonna be liable for it. Oh, so the Gemara says, wait a minute. Hechidami, what's the case? Ibo bo maske. Did the sewage go out like projectile? right, and in the course of flying through the air, come out with such force that it knocked over and killed the ox? Well, if that's the case, then Kohohu. That would be considered as if like Adam. That would be like a person damaging it directly because the opening up of the floodgates that he did was the action and it was tantamount to him actually directly causing the damage. It has to be El Abbas It has to be, no. He opened it up. All the sewage flowed out and you can trace the damage done to the animal to, right, Yankala Cohen, right, on, on 3rd Street opened it up and that's clearly his sewage that caused this uh, damage to the animal. So after after it already was on the street, it already caused the damage. Echidami, wait a minute. Well, if that's the case, Idaf Karinu. So clearly, Yankala probably declared it ownerless. Well, guess what, guys? We're back to Rabbin Shmuel. If you have something that's resting, that's ownerless. Then, Bain the Rab, Bain the Ha'inu, Bar. And that is not really any different than Bar. That's subsumed, it uh, doesn't look, it just looks like a pile of sewage, doesn't look like a pit, but again, in the abstract, it is a pit because it's ownerless, it's in a serabim, etc. After all, how's it different than the board? Because after all, you opened it up when the sewage was on the ground. It was very slippery and it was going to always cause some problems. And therefore, you're you you you're going to actually be responsible for that. So, The same too is here with the sewage that you let into the street. It, says, it must be that you didn't call it ownerless. Why would you? How? Who doesn't call waste ownerless? Maybe it goes back to Goran at this point. Right, you're letting it out into the street, but you want to scoop it back up, perhaps in order to use a fertilizer, whatever it is. So then, still, Shmuel Damerquilum Bar Hainu Bar, but still, according to Shmuel, who holds that anything that you own in a in a public uh, space is going to be considered Bar, as we've discussed. So then, the Gemara is going to point out what I think could have been obvious that the Olam that the case. Forget about that you retained it. No, you mafkir the sewage. Of course, you wanted to just swipe. Um, right, you want it to wash away in the winter. And again, we're talking about the winter, so you didn't do anything wrong. And that's the difference, says the Gemara. It's dissimilar from bor because my she shus, about honey right? That's obviously the case. A bor in erishus Sarabim is always a bad idea, right? It's a pit that someone's going to fall into. Lifneivor right? but, a, but a sewage that you're allowed to do, so then why should you be chayev that makes it so dissimilar from bor, so as to constitute an entirely different category. So we turn to Vav and B's, right? We now understand that the case, right, of Vada Barava is a case of where it's ownerless, waste, but what makes a difference is that you are allowed to do that. And still you're going to be Chayev. That's what makes it the unique case that our Mishnah is adding. Question is, why should you be Chayev? Why should you be Chayev for something that you're allowed to do in the first place? It says the Gemara, shor That's also like a shore. Why? Because... It's true that a shore is uh, chayev in Urshusha er Rabbim, and even though the shore has permission to be there, right? We already mentioned that when it comes to Shane and Regel, that's only going to be chayev if you're trespassing into someone's private property. But when it comes to shore, that distinction of tam and Mu'ad and all of that, whatever the shore damage causes, he's causing, he's actually going to be the same in Urshusha er Yachid or in Urshusha er Rabbim. It has to do more with the action of the shore. Well, guess what? Shor itself wouldn't teach you that you're being chayv by the sewage. But Shor does teach you that there is a case where it's in Erishus HaRabim and it's allowed to be in Erishus HaRabim and you're still chayiv, right? So, and Bor teaches you uh, that also, right? Because Bor is teaching you that, it, that, although, but the Bor is stationary. So now we're learning and we're combining Shore and Bor according to Rebada Barava and we're saying the Shor is going to be mobile and The Borah is going to be stationary and Arush Both of them coming together. So again, Tochiach, It is those two, Borah and Shor that are coming together in that fashion to teach you that the sewage that's mutter to be out there, like a shore, is still going to come back on you and, and, and make you, that's the fifth, right, like the fifth beetle, so to speak, LeHavda That's that fifth category that the Mishnah is including that it did not mention. Okay. Uh, okay. Now, Ravina, I think this is the last one. He says, mm-hmm. Ravina says, no, the mission is trying to uh, uh, include our famous Mishnah, which we God willing, we'll get to one of these days, on Kuf Yudzayin on the bays of Bavim Etziah. What's the mission in Bavim The following. I do believe we've already seen this as well, in either Shabbos or Irvin. What's going on? The guy buys a beautiful property, okay, very nice, and stays there for a long time. However, he doesn't watch the property that well. The property falls into some degree of disrepair, such that the wall or the tree or the roots starting to fall into the Rishasarabim and cause damage, right? And so you really need to start retaining that, putting a retaining wall on that. You need to start f- fixing it. So if it just happened by accident and it was like in good condition, you don't have to pay. However, if, if, if one starts seeing that it's in disrepair, as the Gemara continues to say, mm-hmm. right? the, the municipality comes down and they say, listen, you get 30 days to, to, to chop down that tree that looks like it's about to fall down or to fix up that wall that looks like it's about to fall down. So you're given 30 days. So if it falls within the 30 days, you're still putter because you had 30 days to do it. However, Right, But once they set up the 30 days, uh, Right, uh deadline, if you after thirty days still didn't take care of it, so now you're gonna be liable because everybody saw that this was gonna be a problem and you didn't take care of it, and therefore you're gonna be Chayev. And it is that which our Mishnah includes. hey chidami has so. Again, Idaf, Graben Rabbi Bar, cut and paste, right? If actually you declared it all ownerless, then it's the same exact as bor. Of course you're gonna be Chayev, but it's like Bar, because Maishna Bar. How it would be different So in both cases, the bore and this right it is certainly always going to cause damage. The tree was going to fall, right, and it 's your responsibility, and whether it 's half or not. We just like a boar is halfkir, this is care and both of them are exactly boar in the abstract and going to be responsible for that damage. and if you and if you as we said before, still Shemuel has an issue because anything that's in a rabim is gonna be Usr, right? Bor. says anything that's in a rabim, even if it is owned, is Bohr, and therefore this is exactly like bor. It has this case difference, as the Gemara, Olam Dafkirinu. Yes, you were a so typically you would think Shmuel and Rav would both consider it exactly like boar, but it's not exactly a boar, right? Why? It's not like bor. why? After all, as Rashi points out, the a nezek. A from the inception of the boar is always gonna be a problem. Don't dig that, don't dig that boar, Matt. Someone's gonna fall in there, okay? Nobody said that to you when you're planting the tree or building the wall, right? In those olden days, when that was a fresh wall and a beautiful little sapling, that was not Tchil And therefore, it is a Chiddush to say that even though initially it was in good condition, it still is gonna be high of like bor, okay? And how do you know that? Sure, Yechiach. yeah. Because guess what? When this bull in a China shop, right, was causing the damage, Nobody had, had that in mind when it was a little calf. Is that what a little bull is? When it was a little tiny, I mean, you, you, you know, when it was a little tiny thing and it was first born, it was innocent, right? Now it's a grown bull in the shop. So that's what teaches you, just like this, now this wall is falling apart. That is uh, similar to shore. That just like a shore, a shore can cause damage and therefore it can, in fact, be compared to shore. And similarly, a bar... Because it's of the fact that it's in a reshus harabim, okay, um, fine. So that is where we end it off. And again, uh, this this wasn't uh, mentioned explicitly in the Gemara, but the Gemara is, means that despite the fact that the shore initially wasn't going to be belligerent, the and in, in that way it's similar to the tree and the wall, and is for that reason it's similar. And that is Ravina's fourth and final suggestion as to what our Mishnah is including. So now we're at the two dots and it says, a Chav HaMazik, that when you're Chayiv, when damage is done, you're Chayiv. What do you mean, Chav HaMazik? Uh, a funny question. The Gemara wants to know, why, why are not we saying Chayiv in our Mishnah? What's the language Chav? Who says Chav? Chayiv. That's how you talk. You're in Yeshiva. Say Chayiv. Chav HaMazik? Chayiv HaMazik, mi ba-ylei. It's supposed to say Chayiv. What's this word, Chav? Am Yudah rav. Hi, Tani Yerushalmi. Yeah, the guy was Israeli, the Tani Lishna Kalila. So he used a short, uh, an Israeli short form. In Israel, they say Chav. Okay. And the Rosh points out, and, and, and we see, uh, I saw the Maritz Chias, or whatever, points out that this is the Lashon of the Talmud Yerushalmi. Okay, and that's why it says Chav instead of Chav. So a little bit of taste of Israel in our Mishnah. Chav is a little taste of Israel. May all of our brethren in Israel and, um, be spared any sorrow. Okay. Next two das, What's going on here? You have to pay from meitav haaretz Where do we know? Okay, now we're about to dig into a big thing. How do we know that when one does any of the damage that for mentioned in our mission, including our mishnah, that you pay from the best of your land? Well, there's a pasuk. Says the pasuk meitav sadeu meitav karmoi Shalem. It's an often a pasuk. Shmos chav Beis, chav pasuk Dalit. That when a person causes damage, he has to pay for Meitav Sadeu, from the best of his right field and his vineyard. It says the Gemara Meitav Sadeu, Shal Nizak, Meitav Kavashal Nizak, the Rabbi Shemal. So Rabbi Shemal, now we have a machlok. it's Rabbi Shemal and Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Shemal, it's Meitav Sadeu of who? There's a Mazik, the perpetrator, and a Nizak, the victim, we'll call him. Well, Meitav Sadeu, Shal Nizak, Meitav Kamashal nizok. Rabbi Shemal says, well, you pay from the best of the land of the victim. Rabbi Kiva says a cryptic statement, which we'll unpack uh, mostly tomorrow. But the Pasik is teaching you to take Farnezikin from this, from the from the perpetrators, the damagers, superior land. The Kalvachomer the And then he says Kalvachomir-Hektish will explain what that means um, uh, in the Gemara tomorrow. Okay, so let's let's unpack this. Now the Gemara asks, where Bishmal? so does that make any sense that if let's say right i can understand if an animal ate let's say the best shmena here means the best of someone else's field so then you should pay for the fact that you ate from the best of someone else's field again the position of very shmal is that you pay you have to pay what's considered the best of the victim's land so what are you going to say says the gamar Achal shmena right if you, if your animal goes and eats like the the disgusting, crusty old vegetables on the outside of, of the thing and are barely worth anything. You're going to have to pay as if he ate the choicest veggies? Why? Why? Rabbi Shema makes no sense. So, It's a unique case. He ate one of the rows of the veggies. And we just don't know. We have a suffix. Did he eat the good veggies or the bad ones? He, it's all in his stomach. We can't tell. Then that, and in that case, the Mishalom Shemena. Then you pay for the best. So Amar Rava, So Rava is always very clever, says, wait a minute. If we know for sure that he ate, right, ate the bad ones, so then he doesn't have to pay. It's only in the suffix. Well, guess what? All of don't we have the concept that when we have a suffix, yet the burden of proof is on the recipient of the money? It is that very astute question of Rava that we'll pick up on right tomorrow Bez Hashem, around twelve lines up on the bottom of Avambays.